Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home Hazrat Fatima bint Asad radiallahu ta'ala anha She is the wife of Abu Talib And a mother figure to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And of course the mother of Amirul Mu'mineen Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an. and just to explain from the last session the birth of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an in detail Fatima bint Asad radiallahu ta'ala anha she entered the haram with the intention to perform tawaf and during the course of tawaf she felt the pangs of birth childbirth and so what she did is that immediately she retired to a, a secluded place in the precincts of the Kaaba and it is there that Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala an was born and so to be born somewhere very close to the sacred building the Kaaba that in itself is very meritorious something that is considered to be very blessed just like how we have Arze Quds and Masjid Aqsa and the surroundings of it to be very blessed similarly Al Masjid Al Haram and Masjid Nabwi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam are considered to be blessed zones and for someone to be born at the very heart of the most important sites of Islam which is the Kaaba which is the Qibla for the Muslimin Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam and Ismail alayhi salatu wassalam were instructed to build the house of Allah which we know it to be Baytullah so again as part of the seerah of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, this is considered to be great fortune for Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an. we don't know exactly the date of birth of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an. but however if we make some calculations 
it seems that Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an was born and I was reading so many books just to go over the exact date it seems that he was born on the 13th day of the month of Rajab and that is approximately 28 years after the event of the elephants Amul Feel event of the elephants is when Abraha the Christian viceroy when he left Yemen with the intention to destroy Aliyazubillah the Kaaba and to pillage the city of Makkah and his main intention motive was to shift the center of pilgrimage to Yemen he could not bear to see everyone coming to the city of Makkah to perform tawaf and to perform their pilgrimage so what he wanted is that rather than the city of Makkah the center of pilgrimage should be Yemen and so he came with an army of elephants Khair we have uh, explained that so Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an was born probably in the year 699 or the year 700 corresponding with the Christian era uh, of course the Islamic calendar starts with the hijri of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and this is well before the hijrat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so it seems that Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an was born at the junction of the two centuries the 6th century and the 7th century so this is the, the date of birth of this great man Amirul Mu'mineen Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an the son of Abu Talib uh, the cousin of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam now when he was born ulama have mentioned that Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an's eyes were completely sealed now sometimes you'll find that when a, when a lady gives birth to uh, a baby that uh, the eyes are shut and also it's a tight fist though nowadays children open up the fist very quickly uh, but in the case of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, the eyes were completely sealed and this was a cause of concern for the parents Abu Talib and also Fatima bint Asad that Ali radiallahu ta'ala an's eyes are completely shut and so what had happened is that Bibi Khadijatul Kubra and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam decided to, to visit the uncle and especially to see the newborn child Ali radiallahu ta'ala an again we learn one very important masla that if there is uh, a child born to one member of the family then it is in fact the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to go and visit that family and to make dua for that child and this is what Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam did Allah's Nabi went with uh, Bibi Khadijatul Kubra and so when Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam entered the house of Abu Talib and Abu Talib said to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that this is my child but it seems that the eyes are completely sealed and that he is not opening the eyes and so Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam what he did is that he lifted up Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an ulama have explained that by the reflection of the nur from the face of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an for the first time opened his eyes Allahu Akbar imagine the nur 
that with the nur of Rasulullah, the face, now how close must Hazrat Ali be to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Again, this is great honor. We've talked about Hazrat Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an in his own class. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an in his own class. Hazrat Usman subhanallah in their own category. But each Sahabi subhanallah, the blessings given to them by Allah is so unique. And that closeness to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Imagine the first spectacle, the first spectacle was the face of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The first eye-catching spectacle was the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What honor! And it is the mu'ajiza of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that when Allah's Nabi looked at him, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala immediately opened his eyes. And that is why for the people of Makkah and for the Muslimin in Makkah, uh, even the doctor uh, was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. As in generally, if you were not well, even physically, you would go to a physician, you'd go to a doctor. In the case of the Muslimin, if there was any a problem, any kind of a problem, physical problem, spiritual problem, they would all turn to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Allah's Nabi's every section of his body, all the limbs were of shifa. Were of shifa. Even the eyes of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an opened his eyes and he gave uh, Hazrat Ali back to the father Abu Talib. And that is why ulama have mentioned that it is a source of barakah that when your child is born, someone pious comes to see him and prays on him or even lifts him up. And, and that is where we get the technique and to put something in the mouth. Again, all this is linked to spirituality that some part of a pious man enters the system of that baby and inshallah the barakat of that, that child will also become pious. And so uh, even... Uh, in this world, we see, my respected brothers, that everything around us will have an effect. You go to the kitchen where the wife is cooking, and immediately when you get out, uh, your clothes will be smelling. Your, your clothes will catch that smell. And someone will easily know that you've been in the kitchen, or you've been eating. So when a pious man comes to you, there is an effect and Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam sunnah was that he would always make dua for babies. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam many a times would put his own saliva into the mouth of the babies in Makkatul Mukarrama and also in Madinatul Munawwara. So these were the companions. The companions were so fortunate that they, they had something of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in their system. Allahu Akbar. And so my respected brothers, even when we look at uh, the name Ali, Ali was given to him this name by, uh, according to one narration, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Why? Because Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an was born in the haram, in the precincts of the Kaaba, very close to the haram, the main central zone of Tawaf. That is where he was born. And so Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam decided, because he was born uh, in the zone of Baytullah Sharif and Baytullah means the house of Allah the name given to him is Ali and Ali is one of the names of Allah 
Is it not one of the names of Allah? The attributes of Allah. Al-Aliyul Kabir, Al-Hafizul Mukit, Al-Hasibul Jaleel, Al-Kareem. Huh? MashaAllah. You know the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And Al-Aliyul Kabir. So Ali is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the attributes. And so Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam decided that this name must be given to Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Again we see Hazrat Ali right from the beginning, extremely close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we also know that Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala was very eloquent in his Arabic language. Very eloquent. In fact, we have now books that have been compiled uh, just uh, the, which speak just about the words of uh, Ali radiallahu ta'ala as in the sayings of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala Aqwalu Ali Aqwalu Ali radiallahu ta'ala sayings of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala now ulama have mentioned that although we don't have any written proof of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala going to the desert but it seems that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam must have made all the arrangements for him. And that like Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who spent time in the desert four to five years, even Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an had stayed in the desert. But we don't know of the foster parents of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an. So this is how close Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an is to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an most probably entered the household of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam again when we look at some of the calculation it seems that uh, it was in the year 604 in the year 604 when he must have entered the household of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam now by then according to the books and the calculation uh, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was already married to Bibi Khadijatul Kubra. And in fact, seven years had passed in the marriage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam with Bibi Khadijatul Kubra. And all of the children of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had been born. All of them. Uh, some of the male children of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, of course, passed away at a very young age. But all the daughters survived. And when Hazrat Ali entered the household, even the daughters were there. So you had uh, Hazrat Umm Kulsum, Hazrat Ruqayya, Hazrat Zainab, and also Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. And it seems that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was approximately 33 years of age at that time when Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala came in the household of Rasulullah. And Bibi Khadijatul Kubra must be 48 years of age. Allah's Nabi was 33 and Bibi Khadijatul Kubra was 48 years of age. Now, again, uh, one important masla that we learn here is that if a man is married to a woman who is older than him in age, it is not haram. It is not haram. So, you'll find some people... Uh, and there might just be a difference of six months or even a year between the two. Uh, but people tend to frown at that and say, how can you marry a lady who is older than you? Now this is wrong. Allahu Akbar. If there is compatibility, if there is love, if there is taqwa, and if there is um, a good connection between the two, 
then there is no harm for a man to marry someone who is older. The fact of the matter is that even if the lady is older in age, the Amir of the house is who? Is this Bolo by? The man. Who is the Amir? The man. You are the Amir? Say it loud. Alhamdulillah. He is the Amir. And why is he the Amir? Because Allah has made him the Amir. Allah says, الرِّجَالُ قَوَّامُونَ عَلَى nisa. So whatever your age, whatever your age, the control is with the husband. But when you mean Amir, Amir means someone who is going to actually care, someone who is responsible, someone who's, who is the caretaker of the family. And so Hazrat Khadija Al-Kubra radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was 48 years of age and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was 33 years of age. Now one thing we need to remember is that Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala was nurtured and he grew up very comfortably in the lap of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Very comfortably. And this shows that it is the duty of the father to spend money on the children and to make provisions and to give them the best education to do everything for your children and before nabuwat was given to rasulullah before allah's nabi was crowned with prophethood rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam was an excellent tajir what was he an excellent trader and he was he was such an excellent trader because of his uh, trustworthiness because of his truthfulness because of his good character uh, everyone in Makkatul Mukarramah wanted Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to work for them now in those days what would happen is that uh, the people in Makkah who were rich would want to sell their goods so what they would do is they, they would hire someone a man uh, that would be like um, a broker and what he would do is that he would market the goods for that individual so he would give the goods and you go to Syria and somewhere to sell all the goods and from the profit margin some percentage was given to that individual and so this is how trading took place in the city of Makkatul Mukarramah so the rich people would want to only stay in Makkah Mukarramah and so you had everyday individuals who would come and talented people were given this opportunity and so everyone learned about this young man, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, the best businessman, the best businessman. Who is it? Muhammad ibn Abdullah. Now, whenever Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had taken goods, subhanallah, a lot of profit was given to the, to the owner, to the man who gave the goods to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so now, Bibi Khadija al-Kubra, she was a very beautiful woman a very beautiful woman uh, a lady of nobility and uh, she had a touch of elegance to her she, she was something um, extraordinary and subhanallah it is said that so many men would would propose to Hazrat Khadija al-Kubra but she would say no but when she heard of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam's manner of doing business what had happened is that when her second husband passed away, she had no choice but to send men out to, to Syria, which was towards the north, and with the goods so that whatever profit came to her, that is how she would look after herself and her family. 
And so she decided to call upon Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now she had a lot of slaves. Remember she had one slave whose name was Maysara. And she had another slave whose name was Hazrat Izad. Radiyallahu ta'ala. And then later on, this was actually gifted to Rasul sallallahu This slave was gifted to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now we need to learn the art of trading also. She called Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And she said, I have goods and I want you to work for me. A lady is saying that I want you to work for me. And what did she say? She said, I will give you double the amount of salary that is the current going rate in the market. Double the salary. And this is what the British have taken. When they see talent in an employee or someone who is there it is up to the manager that, or, or, or the boss that when you know that there is someone who has talents then give him so much money give him a high salary that this man remains faithful to you for the rest of your life because he will be the man who will boost your enterprise he will be the man who will give you a lot of business because even at times that manager or the boss might not have that ability and the skills. But this man has. You'll find some sales rep that they are so sweet with their tongue that they can do wonders. And so it is about paying an individual. It is not about who he is or what he has to do. And subhanallah, this is what we see that lacks generally in the Muslim community. Generally it lacks in the Muslim community. So when you see a gem in society, one must never ever fail in, in your business, in your business, in, in everything. So if you see one man, and also what we need to understand is that that man needs to work hard. That man needs to work hard. He can't just expect to get everything in the plate. He needs to show that he is working hard. And this is what Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam did. And so if the going rate in the market in Makkatul Mukarramah was 30,000 dirhams, she was prepared to pay Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam 60,000. And at times she said 70,000. And so whatever you want, I am prepared to pay you, but loyalty must be with me. And this is the art of trading. This is the art of trading and this was with Hazrat Khadija al-Kubra radiyallahu ta'ala anha. And when Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam went, subhanallah, any man who walked with Rasulullah, Allah's Nabi was the center of attraction. Everyone was attracted to him. Maysara went with Rasulullah. He loved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah's Nabi was very charismatic. There was some kind of ambience about Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he would touch the hearts of every individual and so when he came back Bibi Khadijatul Kubra asked the, the slave Maysara that we are going to give him double the salary what is the profit margin and subhanallah when she looked at the profit that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam came with and not only that Maysara said the good character of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam Hazrat Bibi Khadijatul Kubra immediately knew that Allah's Nabi Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was not just an ordinary man. He was not just an ordinary 
Qureshi man, but an incredible individual, an extraordinary individual. And immediately she even decided that perhaps to make nikah, uh, the best man to make nikah with, because so many proposals were coming to Bibi Khadijatul Kubra. Everybody wanted to marry her. But she decided that the best man to marry is Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is so important, my respected brothers. You don't need to get your daughters married to someone who is a rich man. If money can bring happiness to your daughter, then uh, happiness would only be monopolized within the rich community. It would only be with the rich community. But we see that it is not with the rich community. Sometimes you'll find that people can be very wealthy, but the women are suffering. And there is no smile on the face of that daughter that you have given. And what you need to look at is good character. And when there is good character, that man will know that how to control his behavior. He will know that this is the time I should not get angry because this is part of Sharia. So what we need to look at is piety and what we need to look at is good character. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. For the youth here to choose good partners and also for the parents that Allah open up the doors of nikah for them and to give them good partners. Inshallah, to give them the best son-in-laws and the daughter-in-laws. But look at Hazrat Khadijat al-Kubra radiyallahu ta'ala anha. And she was just an incredible lady. She was not an ordinary lady. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, very few in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, talking about women, have reached uh, the complete state in spirituality. It's complete state in spirituality. And one of them is Bibi Khadijatul Kubra. In fact, only a few. And he mentioned the names. And he said, Khadijatul Kubra. And then he said, the mother of Isa alayhi salam, Maryam, and he said the wife of Fir'aun, Asiya. And so this is how Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam married Bibi Khadijatul Kubra. And what we need to remember, Allah's Nabi did not usurp her wealth at all. Some people feel that, and these are the Orientalists and the, the enemies and the detractors of Islam, that Allah's Nabi married Bibi Khadijatul Kubra for wealth. Al-Iyazu Billah. Never, never the case. In fact, Allah's Nabi is Al-Ameen. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not take one dirham from Bibi Khadijatul Kubra. In fact, it was the talent of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in tijarat that gave Hazrat Khadijatul Kubra a lot of wealth. A lot of wealth. And that is why, because of working, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam looked after Hazrat Fatima, Hazrat Zainab, Hazrat Umm Kulsum, Hazrat Ruqayya, and even Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. And I mention this so that we understand that Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala was extremely comfortable in the family of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam than his own stay with Fatima binti Asad, the mother, and also the father Abu Talib. And so Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had taken Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an under his wing. And this was in the year 604 corresponding with the Christian era. Now, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, born very close to the Kaaba, he had this natural attachment with the Kaaba. And in the books of Seerah, 
it is mentioned that when the Qurayshi people decided to reconstruct the Kaaba, to reconstruct the Kaaba, a dispute arose that who will be the man who will replace Hajarul Aswad to its original position. A dispute arose. And so what they decided is that on the appointed day, the first man who enters the Haram will be given the privilege. And subhanAllah, the first man entered the Haram during that specific day, appointed day, was none other than Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And when they saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, all the Qurayshi people were happy. And look at the intelligence of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked for um, a, a mantle, a sheet. And what he did is that he put the black stone on that sheet, the chadar, and he asked all the representatives of the Qurayshi people to lift up the black stone. All of them. So there is no dispute. And so all of them were lifting the black stone close to the corner of uh, the Kaaba. And finally it is said that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam put the black stone and studied it to the walls of Kaaba. Now, uh, the reason why I mention this, it is said that in Makkah it was only Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala at that time. And please make a note of this. It was only Hazrat Ali who was in the Kaaba at that time to see Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam putting the black stone onto the walls of Kaaba. No one else was in the Kaaba. The only man in the Kaaba was who? Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, and he saw this. He saw exactly what Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was doing. And it is even said about Hazrat Ali that uh, he disliked the fact that there were still 360 plus idols stored in the Kaaba and he didn't like that. But however, the black stone was, was fixed by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So again, this is an exclusive feature of this great man, Amirul Mu'mineen, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an. Now my respected brothers, we need to remember that the first three years of prophethood, Islam was a private affair. Islam was more of a private affair. Even the companions would perform their salah privately in their homes. Allah's Nabi did not give permission to anyone to sort of publicly announce of the Iman. And subhanallah, uh, the first batch of Muslimin, the first batch of Muslims were Hazrat Khadija Al-Kubra. Hazrat Khadija is an incredible lady. When everyone on the face of this earth was a kafir, a disbeliever, she was the only mu'mina and muslima with Rasulullah. Think about that. Think about that. Everyone on the face of this earth was a disbeliever. She was the only mu'mina and muslima. She was the wind under the wing of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa Allah's Nabi could actually put his auspicious head on her shoulders to cry. When everyone rejected Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, save Khadija al-Kubra, she came, she kissed Rasulullah, she pampered Rasulullah, she was the love of his life. She was the love of his life. Fifteen years, Khadija al-Kubra was in the nikah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Allah's Nabi married no one. He did not share any woman whilst Hazrat Khadija was in the nikah. Every child, 
every child is born to be the Khadija al-Kubra. Save one child, Ibrahim. Just with the exception of Ibrahim. Every child, Bibi Fatima included, the mother is Khadija al-Kubra. Subhanallah And look at the works of the first batch of Muslimin. Brothers, are you tired? Huh? Please don't yawn and don't get tired and mashallah, stay awake. Huh? Just a few more minutes inshallah. I won't take much of your time. Few more minutes. I just want to finish off something which is important. Otherwise then, uh, otherwise next session will be difficult to cover and go back to that, what, where we have left. And so, the first batch of Muslimin, what did they do? It is, it is the works of the first batch, as in Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Khadija and Hazrat Zaid. They introduced Islam to their friends and persuaded their friends to become Muslims. And slowly, that is how uh, Islam, there was an extension to the, to the people who were getting close to Islam. And more people were entering the fold of Islam. So it was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Imagine from the Ashare Mubashara, half of the people had embraced Islam at the hands of Hazrat Abu Bakr. And Hazrat Ali was a true da'i of his life. True da'i. True da'i. And so that is why my respected brothers, today we live in England, Allah has given us an opportunity. If we keep friendship with the non-Muslims, we must keep a limited relationship with them, with the intention that I will put insha'Allah the love of Allah and His Rasul in their hearts, and they will become Muslims. A man must have a target in life. Look at our lives today. Oh, I need to work there. This is what I'm going to do. We become the best accountants. Oh, 1997, this was my wage. 2001, this is my wage. I need to work here. I need to work there. But have we worked for Allah? Have we worked for Allah? Are we ambassadors of Islam? Have we ever thought that, you know, my neighbor or someone, my office, this man, this person, Mr. John, Mr. Smith, you know, and everybody around us, Allahu Akbar. Have we spoken to them about Allah and His Rasul? Set a target in my life before I die. Inshallah, ten people will become Muslims at my hands. Ten people. This bean has a has been a fantastic week. In seven days at the center, we had four people becoming Muslims. How many? Seven days, four people. And these four individuals are the most incredible individuals I've met in my life. And in fact, it's been an incredible new year. 2010 every week Allah is sending someone with hidayat 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 and the sense of the Quran and the studying of the tafsir it seems where are the born Muslims and how much qadr do they have Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar a disabled lady subhanallah and if we talk about her you need another two hours her level of iman Subhanallah al-Azim. What about us? Can we say how many people have embraced Islam? Look at Sahaba Kiram Ajma'in. Look at the works. Supporting Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so much. In the three years they worked so hard that half of Makkah became Muslim. So many became Muslim. And so when we say we are da'i, what kind of da'is are we? What kind of da'is? Have we gone out to speak to people? Do we talk to people? What is it? Is it something easy that we want? Remember that the, 
the works of a Nabi is the most difficult job on the face of this earth. Nabiyo ka kaam? Nabiyo ka kaam kya tha? Kisko dawat dete se Nabi? Who did they give dawat? Abu Jahal, Abu Lahab, Musa alayhi salam, Allah said to him, Idhaba, idhab ila Fir'aun, innahu tagha. Idhab ila Fir'aun, innahu tagha. Where did Ibrahim alayhi salam go to? Namrud, challenge. Where did Isa alayhi salam go to? Zakaria alayhi salam was was murdered. Allahu Akbar. Yahya alayhi salatu was salam decapitated. Anbiya alayhi, Allah says in the Quran, وَيَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ They killed those who were the prophets of Allah, the Jewish people. Why? Because they went with the message, my respected brothers. Allah blessed the cover of Ahmad Didats. What a great scholar he was. Allah give him Jannah. Allah give him Jannah. And these people who are doing the real works of Dawah, Speak to these people, my respected brothers. They are thirsty people. And look at Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. A true da'i. And this will be your sadqa jariya. One man becomes a Muslim because of you. One man. One man. Allah will open the doors of Jannah for you. Work hard, my respected brothers. My domain is the masjid. Who do I meet? And what do I do? And Allah has put everyone in their own sort of uh, space. And this is Minjani Billah. This is from Allah. But the brothers here have an opportunity that you work out with the wider community. Please go and talk to them and give them dawah. Talk to them politely. You don't have to be an alim. You just have to say, believe in one Allah. Believe in one Allah. And let me explain to you who Hazrat Ali was. Hazrat Ali was a true da'i. A true da'i. When he stayed... With Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the only lesson he learned was to give da'wah to the people of Makkah. And what an incredible man he was. And, and let me just close the chapter and conclude the session by narrating this wonderful story. A young man whose name was Abu Dhar. Abu Dhar was from the Ghifari tribe. And this man had a, a natural inclination towards worshipping one god. And so what he said to his brother, I want you to go to Makkah and report to me back about the man who claims to be the apostle of God. And the one who says that he receives divine communication with the one in the heavens. And so the brother went to Makkah al-Mukarramah and he met and he saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he came back. And so Abu Zar said to him, what did you see of this man? He says, what I saw of him is that he teaches righteous behavior. And what he speaks is not poetry. So Abu Zar got angry. He said, that is not enough for me. That is not enough for me. He said, you go out. And now Abu Zar decided himself to go to the city of Makkah. It was so difficult for the people of Makkah in the beginning that they could not even say, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah publicly. Publicly. No one would say that. Everything was underground. Everything was underground. And so Abu Zar came. He knew exactly what the story was in Makkah al-Mukarramah. And so Hazrat Ali, early in the morning, would look at the people coming, and the musafirin, the wayfarers, and everybody, and he would want to target someone, and to plant the seeds of Tawheed in the heart. And what does he see? He sees a potential. Huh? A, a, a target here. And this is what we need to do, my respectables. You know someone... Talk to him slowly. Allah gives hidayat. Allah will reward you for your efforts. And so Hazrat Ali met him. And he says, ah, 
speaking to him in Arabic, he says, you don't seem to be from Makkah, your, your, your accent is different, he says, yes, I'm from the Ghifari, so Ghifari, so what brings you here, he says, well, I'm here to see Makkah and all that, and so he stayed there, Hazrat Ali, throughout the day monitoring this young man, in the night, Abu Zar didn't have nowhere to stay, no hotels, so he was there in Makkah, in the city of Makkah, one side resting, and Hazrat Ali went to him, he says, why don't you come with me and I will give you shelter and I will give you food and I will give you uh, Mezbani hospitality. And so he looked after him. But Hazrat Ali didn't have the courage to ask him why you are here. This was the fear. He could be a spy working for the people of Bukkah. And so one day completed, next day this man is doing nothing during the day just watching everybody. And Abu Zar could not even meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam second day. And so second day he sleeps, Hazrat Ali comes again, don't worry, come, I'll give you shelter and food. MashaAllah, food, shelter given. Third day, he's looking at Abu Dhar, nothing happens. In the night, Hazrat Ali now takes the courage and asks him that, tell me why are you here? He said, first promise me you won't tell anybody what I'm to say to you. Hazrat Ali said, no. He says, I'm here to meet a man whose name is Muhammad. Subhanallah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Hazrat Ali said, Indeed, I can make sure that you meet him. And look at the introduction that Hazrat Ali gives to him even before he meets Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa He said, let me tell you that he is the Nabi of Allah and your salvation depends in following the teachings of Muhammad Rasulullah. You die as a kafir, you'll end up in Jahannam. Listen to the words that have been revealed to him, the Quran, already giving him dawah. Already, politely, with hikmah, with wisdom, beautifully touching the heart, beautifully touching the heart. And then he said, right, tomorrow early in the morning, follow me. And if, if I perceive uh, danger, what I'll do, I'll just stand up uh, as if someone wants to urinate. And in Makkah, this was something that people would do. And so someone who, who wants to urinate, so I'll stand in one corner and you stop. That's the time because I perceive danger. And so he said, fine. And if I don't, I'll take you straight to Rasulullah. And when I look at you, I want you to enter the door. From the door into one building. And Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, next morning, subhanallah, there was no danger. Immediately Abu Zar Ghifari entered the house of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And when you meet with Rasulullah, one meeting and you're a Muslim. Subhanallah. One meeting and you're a Abu Zar became a Muslim and this is what happens when you become a Muslim and when you embrace Islam sometimes you're very excited you're very excited and Abu Zar was told by Rasulullah look at this again the mission of Rasulullah Allah's Nabi said to him Abu Zar go to your tribe and work with them go to your tribe and work with them what about us? what about us? what is our duty? look at the words of Rasulullah work with the people the non-Muslims that are out there and open the doors of Islam for them. Don't say that the Muslim community is weak, so let us become strong. This childish behavior. Huh? Don't act like child children, my respected brothers. Allahu Akbar. If we don't open up Islam now to them, living in Europe will become very difficult by the hour, by the day. We need to open up the doors of Islam. And this is the right time. We need to open up the doors of Islam. And subhanallah, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala met up with Abu Zar. He became a Muslim. Abu Zar got so excited. He says, oh yeah, 
you mean to say that we can't declare and publicly announce we are Muslims? He says, no, don't even do that. People said, don't even do that. Says, Abu Zar said, okay. He went out close to the Kaaba walls. He's a stranger, a musafir. And he said, all of you listen to me. What a mujahid. All of you listen to me. Huh? Now, this is not even Umar. This is not even Khalid bin Walid. This is not even, you know, these great, great companions which we know of. Abu Zar. He says, all of you listen to me. I just want to tell all of you that Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. Wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasoolu. When I bear witness that Muhammad is the final messenger of Rasulullah. And he said that and they all ganged upon him. And they attacked him. And they attacked him. And they started beating him up. Until the uncle of Rasulullah came. Uh, Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib Abbas ibn Abbas was a Muslim remember Hazrat Abbas was a and again how does he work he warned all the people there, and he said let me warn all of you do you know who this man is he is from the Ghifari tribe and if you attack him if anything happens to him the Ghifari tribe will make sure that they cut off your trading routes because when the people of Makkah need to trade the main trade link is by passing the tribe of Ghifar. And only when the Ghifari tribe open the doors to you, you can go and trade. So do you want to mess with Abu Zar Ghifari? If you want to do anything to him, then remember that business and trading in Makkah will be shut forever. And they realized, oh yes, this is our livelihood. And they started saying, oh Abu Zar Ghifari, forgive us. And you know, we're extremely sorry for what had happened. We didn't know that you are from the Ghifari tribe. Anyway, he went back and Abu Zar Ghifari, subhanallah, started working with his people. But my respected brothers, what more do we need in the Quran and in the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam than understanding that this is karama that Allah has given us. Allah is saying, kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat lin nas. Allah has made you the best ummah. And Allah is saying that we have taken you out for people so that you invite them to what? Amr bil ma'roof here means you invite them to Islam. Allah is saying, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دَعَا إِلَى اللَّهِ Who is better than that man? And which speech is better than that speech? When you open up the name of Allah to people, Allah give us all the tawfiq that we become true da'is of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and in this ummah, وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَ أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الامي وعلى اله وصحبه تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم نستغفرك ونتوب اليك سمعنا واطعنا غفرانك ربنا واليك المصير برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين